Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Thursday, February 9th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punik, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. We're produced on the TV 10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. And guys, week's almost over. It's weird. Fast week. I guess. I mean, it's been about... What normal life of a week? Four days so far. Four yeah. out of the seven. So twenty-four hours each day. Yeah. What is weird though is that we don't have a game tonight. That is true. We, we front-loaded the week. Yeah. We usually backload the week. It's usually if we have Shepherd, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We almost were going to have a game tonight too if uh, Berkeley County Schools were not open. So yeah, but that didn't come to fruition because they did in fact open back up. Uh, but uh, let's talk some EPAC hoops because there was game last night uh, on the girls' side and uh, definitely didn't go the way that uh, I think was anticipated between this matchup. It was a lot wider of a margin than I think could have been anticipated uh, considering the last game was a two-point margin between these two schools. Uh, but it was Washington girls getting the 71-50 to win over Martinsburg at home in Charlestown, and uh, they – Improved to nine and nine overall and five and three in the EPAC and really uh, have a lead in their section. And the, tonight they'll be back in action against Jefferson, which I think kind of really sets the tone for who's going to get number one seed uh, to see if you know uh, if Washington can beat Jefferson once again. I think that that's going to be a clear cut vote at least for some of the other coaches. That oh well, I'm going to vote Musselman or excuse me Washington over Jefferson if they swept them during the season. But yeah. if they but if they finish the season one and one against each other, then I don't know. It's still up in the air. One thing that I think is important to note is that Washington uh, is just now starting to get fully healthy again. So now we're starting to see the full strength of that team. You know, a few weeks ago, they were dealing with injuries, players being in and out of the lineup. Uh, Mary Rivera had an injury for a little bit. She was out of the lineup. Lexi Adams missed a few, few games. And now they're at full strength, and now they're getting back used to playing together as a unit. And you see what Washington can do when that team has its team at full strength uh, against a really solid Martinsburg team that's battled all year. And now Washington is starting to separate itself as potentially the number two team that makes it out of this uh, area. And it's nice to see another team start to play with some consistency and we're seeing that from the Patriots we'll see if they can keep it up against Jefferson who we know is you know really looking for a big win because they've they've kind of missed that all year but it's a Jefferson roster that's kind of depleted at this point so it's hard to really roll with a lot of confidence in the Cougars moving forward but I do think Washington has started to play with that consistency establish itself as the team behind Spring Mills that you think has a good chance to make it to the state tournament and really, I think for them, it just all started when they started to get healthy and get now that chemistry back to where it might have been before 
those injuries, and we're starting to see, uh, you know, Washington team with a lot of talent and a very young team as well. So, you know, in the next couple of years, there's a good chance that the EPAC could be dominated by Spring Mills and Washington uh, because both those teams are very young. Yeah, we were waiting for this from Washington all season long after the regional championship last year that went into overtime between Washington and Spring Mills. We were saying the entire offseason that those two teams on paper heading into this season should be clear-cut the top two teams, and we've seen that from Spring Mills so far, and we hadn't seen that from Washington, but now they're sitting at 9-9, nine and nine, seem like still a team that will be one of the two to head to Charleston, and if they can get the job done tonight when they host Jefferson I agree, Spencer, that solidifies them as the number one seed in the section, and I don't think a team like Martinsburg, even though they did win the first time around, could go back to Washington and beat them after now losing by 21. I don't see Jefferson beating them if they're able to get the season sweep on them, and I don't see Musselman doing so, too. Yeah, I mean, that's big, and uh, obviously we'll keep track of where everything goes from here we'll talk more about it tomorrow martinsburg as we mentioned uh, washington will have jefferson tonight in girls hoops martinsburg turns around they travel to hedgesville to take on the lady eagles uh as most of these teams regular seasons winding down three maybe four games remaining but most of these squads have uh including tonight's game three games left on the season uh so martinsburg hedgesville obviously we saw that last matchup it was a uh, fifty-three to sixteen win for Martinsburg, uh, but uh, you know you can never count out the Lady Eagles at this point in the season where they've they're really trying to get locked into the season. They won that game in the conference uh, earlier, or excuse me, they won that game against Hampshire, I believe, or no, they beat Berkeley Springs, excuse me, thirty-six to thirty-eight. So that's got to give them some confidence. They did fall to Musselman thirty-one to thirteen, but I mean, if they're going to be a team down this far into the season that anything could happen especially after the miscues martinsburg had last night it's still i think tough to see hedgesville getting a win in the epac this year i just don't think they're quite there even though they have made some improvements um but a rivalry game against martinsburg so you don't want to overlook your opponent if you're the bulldogs uh it's just kind of hard to see though hedgesville getting this win um, based on how the teams have trended all year. Martinsburg seems to have improved from last year to this year, and Hedgesville has obviously lost a lot and hasn't really been able to replace what they lost in Kelly Hours and along with a few others. So um, it's just a Hedgesville team that's young. You know, they're, they've gone – they're not necessarily young in terms of their roster. They have experience, but they don't have a lot of varsity experience. Uh, and that's shown, but I think Coach Faircloth has – got that team to improve a little bit from the beginning of the year until the end of the year. And that's what you like to see. That's what's most important when you have a team that's probably not going to contend on a state level. But you see that little bit of progress that they've made throughout the year, and that could continue here tonight with a rivalry game against Martinsburg. But based on what we've seen so far, it should be a win for the Bulldogs. I agree, and to make it even tougher for Hedgesville tonight, it's a – angry Bulldogs team that they're going to have to face after a big loss to Washington last night. I think Coach Fitzpatrick's going to have them in the right mindset tonight to go out and get the job done in dominating fashion. Yeah, and the other game tonight is in the EPAC as well as Spring Mills host Musselman. 
Uh, you look back at the game prior as a 62-37 victory for the Lady Cardinals. Again, 15-0 on the season, looking to go 8-0 in the conference and 16-0 overall as uh, they have three conference games remaining. They'll be uh, at Jefferson on Monday and then home against Hedgesville on Thursday. Uh, but obviously, I don't think anybody's beating Springville's in the EPAC. No, it doesn't seem like anybody will. And hopefully Spring Mills can get healthy too because Reagan Edsel has been missing some time. Uh, I don't believe it's anything too significant that will keep her out long term. I think it's a concussion is what Coach told us. So I feel comfortable uh, speaking about it. But um, So it won't be a long-term thing. But, you know, obviously concussions, you want to be precautious with them. Um, and if you're able to get her back, it, it should elevate the Spring Mills team to a higher level. It seems like at times they've been uh, not struggling, but they haven't played as well without Reagan Edsel, and they kind of had a tough first half against Martinsburg. So you get her back into the fold here, I would presume, pretty soon, and, and that will be a good timing because it will be right around playoffs, and you can kind of build that momentum for that potential run in the state tournament because Spring Mills is out to prove things to a lot of people this year, including me in some ways because – well, I agree that they're a very good team, and, and what we've seen, uh, I do think that they are a contender, but in some ways I understand why they haven't gotten the respect they've gotten because their schedule just, you know, you look at it, and it's just not been super tough when you look at the teams that they've played in state. Now, to be fair, you can only play the teams on your schedule, and when you play in the EPAC, and we know the EPAC hasn't had a ton of success in girls' basketball, you know, you have to play those teams, but – non-conference wise they haven't really challenged themselves in the state too much so we'll see what what this season proves for spring mills but definitely a talented team definitely a good team i don't want to take anything that they've accomplished away from them but now you got to really prove it at this point that you can do it on the state level and that's still yet to be seen i don't have anything to add i think nick hit the nail right on the head yeah, I would agree with you there, and I think kind of maybe this season, the way the scheduling's gone is going to maybe change the scheduling philosophy a little bit when it comes to the notoriety that they're not getting throughout the state because, I mean, they're the only undefeated team in Class Quad A in the state of West Virginia in girls' basketball, and they're just got not getting the recognition that I think they deserve. Um, but I also don't think that it helps is that they've had kind of their marquee matchups. They've had a few of them canceled this season. They yeah. were supposed to play, I uh, believe, Paul the sixth or a team a private school in Northern Virginia that is very good at girl at girls basketball that game got canceled um, and, a, and a couple other games weren't canceled so I think maybe next year you see maybe just the way maybe you see more alumni support from this team and then maybe they're able to schedule games against you know against the South Charlestons against you know those teams in that area where there seems to be a lot of good basketball happening within the state and the, the teams that are above them in the state rankings or within that AP top 10 really and then a Morgantown would be a good school to schedule I think you could do a lot of things with that scheduling if they're able to uh, be able to make those trips next year maybe yeah that's still kind of a thing for Spring Mills is they don't have that fan base and long-term uh notoriety because it is such a new school so yeah. you know you mentioned alumni potentially helping out well the alumni are probably what like 30 years old at this point for the oldest class so 10 years 28 yeah so i mean 29 27 don't 29. have a lot of money necessarily yeah. to just give back to schools and, and help out the girls basketball program but uh down the line i think spring mills is starting to build that fan base starting to build uh that community and uh a lot of that 
can be credited to the success of both the boys and girls basketball teams because both those teams are fun to watch and people want to see uh, them succeed. Yeah, I tend to agree with what we the discussion we just had there, and that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg, they became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we've got three victories to talk about for college hoops action. Shepard got two victories. They swept Mansfield last night, including the first win in the head coaching career of Uh, Julie Kaufman and the women's basketball team getting their first win of the season. Men's basketball gets a win. WVU, another win over another ranked opponent. This two-minute break, you're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 back in two minutes. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve close to home. Now accepting new patients at all locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, Winchester, and at our newest office in Ranson. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, world-class heart care close to home. Panhandle Printing and Design is your full-service local print shop. With over 50 years of combined experience, we know how to handle all of your printing and design needs. We can handle anything, from small business cards to wrapping large vehicles. Our in-house design team can do it all. As a staple of this community, we love helping people promote their events, businesses, and anything they're passionate about. Envision, create, and bring your ideas to life with Panhandle Printing and Design. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. A pop of three, that's no good. Jordan Carr gets the rebound, and the Rams win their first game of the season, 73-67. And we thought it could happen tonight, Dylan, and it did. It did. This was their best shot. This was their best shot at the first win, I'd say. And they got it done. Mansfield looked good at some. Just cutting off Dylan. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix. You heard it there. Shepherd Rams women's basketball. They get the win 73-67 over Mansfield. Their first victory of the season, the first win in the coaching career at Shepherd for Julie Kaufman and two career nights is really what it took. It took a career night from uh, Peyton Grant. 
She was 8 for 10 from beyond the arc, 10 of 13 overall. She had 6 rebounds, and she had 28 points to go along with a block and 2 steals. And I was reading the recap last night that uh, Chip Ransom posted and uh, found something pretty interesting that I remembered. Uh, So, where is it? Let me find it. Okay. Grant's eight three-pointers tied the school single-game mark set by Kayla Tibbs against Glenville State on December 1st, 2018. Um, Fun fact, Kayla Tibbs went to my high school. I'm surprised that nobody from last year's team had that record, honestly. That's true. But, yeah. But uh, 10 of 13 from the floor, 8 of 10 effort from beyond the arc. Peyton Grant, the freshman from Plymouth, Maine, uh, helps the Rams get their first win of the of the season. Kendall Haggerty, junior guard, the transfer from CCBC. She added the career high of 23 points, 4 assists. Sophomore guard, Sydney Bulls, added 11 points and a team-high 7 rebounds. Uh, big night for the Shepherd Lady Rams as they had a great shooting percentage. They shot 47.9% from the floor, 53.8% from the from beyond the arc, and uh, they went 13 of 21 from fourth from the charity stripe. Yeah, I mean it was a great performance from the Shepherd women's team to see them finally get that win. We knew it would be the winnable game if they were going to get one. Uh, but things started off kind of shaky. Mansfield had a nice little lead uh, after it was pretty close early on. And uh, my initial thoughts were, you know, Shepard's going to keep this one close. And then it looked like, okay, this is, you know, the the kind of how the season's gone for them. You know, they're able to play good for about a quarter or so and then start to slip up. But then Shepard went on a nice run, got back in control of the game. And once you headed into halftime, uh, you definitely had the confidence that the Rams were going to find a way to win it uh, just based on, I think, how they were shooting the basketball uh, and the fact that you know Grant was doing her thing from downtown. They had Haggerty hitting some big shots. So um, it just seemed like the confidence was there for Shepard, and they were able to find a way to get that win. We knew it would be a tough season. We knew there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of wins on the season, but now to get at least one uh, makes you just feel so much better about this team moving forward. And, and even though they might not have a great chance to win another game this year, um, to get one win at home, uh, it just takes the pressure off heading into next year for Coach Kaufman and her staff. And, and they're still obviously, you know, you, you don't just say, well, one win, that was, you know, a great season for us or anything like that. But, um, you do at least have something positive heading into the off season at the very least. And we'll see how Shepard's able to finish off the regular season because this one win could be what they needed to maybe give them a little boost and confidence that they can compete here down the stretch at the very least. We'll have to wait and see, but it's definitely not, you know, something that you're going to look at it from a coaching staff as uh, this was a successful season, but at least you have that one good positive game Uh, and you prove to yourself that you can find ways to win a game against equal competition. And and we'll see how this helps the program moving forward. But it's just, I think, overall a good thing to see, uh, even though it's still going to be an overall disappointing year, you have that one little positive here toward the end that can build that momentum into next year. Yeah, and you look at the scoring via the frames. It was a 17-14 lead for Mansfield after one. Shepard... Uh, put out a 20-point effort in the second quarter compared to 12 uh, for Mansfield, and then 14-17, to 17, the exact 
first quarter was the exact second or third quarter scoring, but then Shepard comes out and pours up 25 points in the final quarter compared to 21 points they get the win, 73-67. Colin, your thoughts? Congrats to them on finally getting a win. We knew that if it was going to happen, it would have been last night, and it did, but I don't know if we expected the way they were going to win to be the way they won. In my mind, it was going to be multiple players really getting the job done in a full team effort and for the most part it was but I don't think we expected two career highs last night from Haggerty and Grant and to make it even more unexpected Grant's a freshman correct yeah yeah I I didn't expect that at all from those two and that's what made last night even more special in the win and Hopefully that can uh, propel them to some confidence to maybe get one more. It's obviously going to be a really tough task against the opponents that they have left on the schedule. But now you know that you can do it. You can finally believe in yourself and know that it's accomplishable and go from there. Yeah, and we'll turn now to the men's side of things. They top Mansfield a little more easily. 79 to 7. They're up 38 34 after one quarter and then poured in 41 points in the, or excuse me, the first half. In the second half, they scored 41 points, 79 to 61. Carson Poffenberger, stop making motions with their hands over there. You're distracting me. I was telling Nick not to turn his head towards the mic when he scratches his head instead of turn it the other way. I just wanted to add the, the sound, Colin, the Nat sound. ASMR in here? Just get a little gnat sound in the broadcast. <laughs> All right. Carson Poffenberger led the way, 17 People points. People feel like they're here. Junior guard Jordan Gibson added 15 points. Uh, Poffenberger went 6 of 12 from the field. He was 4 of 4 at the charity stripe. Um, John Preston had 13 points. It was a solid win for the Shepherd men's team that was looking for a win. I think the biggest takeaway for the Shepherd men is the fact that Daniel McLean-Corley wasn't in the game. You had Phillip Jordan in foul trouble throughout, so two of your top three scorers weren't really a factor in this one, and you still found a way to get a win, and not only get a win, but win by you know in, in dominating fashion, which they haven't really done that much all year. So I think for Shepard, this was an extremely positive outcome. Jordan Gibson has earned a role in this rotation <laughs> – I'm not really certain why he was taken out of the rotation, I think has to be the question moving forward. But obviously, Coach Namelik's around the team more than I am. You know, he sees practice and stuff like that um, and everything. But you do see that Gibson clearly is a guy with some talent still and can provide, you know, a real spark in the lineup. So I think, you know, that's a guy that you, you like to see come out and do some good things. And then Carson Poffenberger pours in 17 as well. So um, just a really good win for Shepard. I think it gives them a ton of confidence that their role players can play at a high level. Uh, and this team's getting better. And, you know, sometimes we talked about it on the broadcast, sometimes when you take away the star player, it allows other guys to shine. And in some ways you can play better because you don't get into a situation where you're watching what, uh, McLean Corley's doing and you're focused on him and you're just you know able to move away from the ball you're able to do your thing and excel at that more so than getting into a situation where McLean Corley's doing a lot of isolation and you just kind of focus on what he's doing 
So I think for Shepard, ton of positives from last night. Obviously, it's a young Mansfield team, but Shepard has a young team. They only have one senior on the roster, so um, you know I think it was a really good win. It's a struggling Mansfield team, but you were able to dominate and without your star player and with Philip Jordan in foul trouble, that's really something I think to say about this team moving forward that they can get other guys to contribute and maybe found some more pieces which could help them down the stretch I'm just happy that they finally didn't play down to an opponent you guys made the joke yesterday on the show when Spencer said that should be a dominating win for the Rams Nick you brought up the fact that where have you been all season Spencer it's always a competitive game and it was an 18-point win. We finally yeah. got to see Shepard dominate, and we know this team has all the capabilities there to dominate teams below them and compete and be able to pull off upsets against teams above them. This team has talent to be better than 12-11 and 11 overall. It's just been inconsistencies here and there, which are always head-scratchers if you want to make another natural sound, Nick, over there. But it's finally a great win. The three-pointers were there. The slam dunks were there. It was a fun (laughs) night and a great win for Shepard. There's the head scratch. (laughs) All right. Uh, Shepard basketball back in action Saturday at home against Bloomsburg. Uh, 1 p.m. for the women's, 3 p.m. for the men's uh, as they look to put back-to-back victories together for both teams. Let's move on now to the Mountaineers. They got a win last night over the number 11 ranked team in the country, Iowa State, 76-71. Kadrian Johnson led the way with 22.6 assists. Emmett Matthews Jr. had 20 points and five rebounds. And then James Oconquo had nine boards and four points in this one. Uh, it, was a, it was a close game. It was a six-point lead for the Mountaineers at half, and it got really close at some points. I, they didn't squander the lead, though, I don't believe. Um, they did, actually. I'm talking about the second half. I don't um, think they did. One point in the second half, uh, Iowa State actually took the lead. Oh, yeah. all right then. I, obviously, we were doing the Shepherd game, so we couldn't watch the game. I had it since I was in studio, so all I right. got you. Um, but uh, it was, I believe... They were favored by one and a half? Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. They still covered. They did cover. Surprisingly, they don't um, do that much. But Rob raised this point earlier. It seems like ever every ever since we've been making jokes to you about the Mountaineers this season, they've turned it around. So yeah, and lucky I said something there. off the air about that that I will not repeat on the air. I don't know. You should. should I'll just it change it to I told you so instead of the other thing. But I, I think you can actually say that. <laughs> it, it, I probably can, but I'm not going to. Keeping it classy on the airwaves. Well, you're a classy man. Well, look, I don't know. You're keeping it classy on the airwaves. I don't think that means I think people are now changing their opinion of you. They think you're not classy if you're saying stuff off the airwaves. I I am many things, I guess, and we all are in our own ways. And let people hate, let people like. I I can't change their minds. All right. Mountaineers 15 and 9. The Mountaineers, yeah. It it was a stressful game. It was a very stressful game in the first half. You were watching it while you were producing a game. Yeah, it was going back and forth. First half, it was, I think, 2.20 to go. Uh, Stevenson got banged up, had to go out. He was limping, uh, got carried into the locker room, and that's when Iowa State really surged on an 8-0 run to cut it to a six-point halftime lead for the Mountaineers still, but you were worried. He came back, seemed to be healthy. But still kind of struggled. He only had eight points last night after two career highs and back-to-back home games. And then with 2.20 to go in the second half, Stevenson fouls out. And you're like, all right, who's going to step up and be this clutch player when WVU is only up by two? Then they trail 
but it was a defensive effort. I liked what Tony Caridi said on the call last night in the post game. It really felt like an old school Big East battle. Way too many fouls called by the refs. A defensive, just brutal effort on both sides. And this leads to a question. Is WVU underrated? Or is Iowa State overrated? Because they only have now, I think, two more wins. Or is it... Yeah, two more wins or one more win than WVU overall. And WVU is only having, I think, two more losses. But yet Iowa State is number two in the country, or not number two in the country, now number two in the Big 12. They were number one, 11th in the country, and WVU's unranked. Speaking of Tony Creedy, let's uh, hear what he had to say after the ball game last night. It came down to the final seconds, and West Virginia got it done. WVU knocks off number 11, Iowa State, winning it by a final score of 76-71 to in a physical matchup and the very first meeting between the two teams this season. It was a game that West Virginia needed to win, and early on in the contest, it looked as though West Virginia was in complete control. The Mountaineers led by as many as 15 points in the first half, but Iowa State rallied, and the West Virginia lead had been cut to just six points at halftime. In the second half, Iowa State improved its shooting significantly, and the Cyclones took a three-point lead in the late going with just over nine minutes to play. But West Virginia rallied, and the Mountaineers had great success at the foul line, making the final six free throws of the game to win it 76-71. On the night, WVU makes 84% of its foul shots, 26 free throws compared to 19 by Iowa State. Individually, 22 points for Kedrian Johnson, who equaled his career high. He also had six assists. And Emmett Matthews scores 20 points on 7 of 10 shooting from the floor, and he also grabbed five rebounds. So West Virginia now goes to 15-9 and nine on the season. They are 4-7 and seven in conference play. Next up, a Saturday high noon date against the University of Texas Longhorns. And then next Monday, it'll be West Virginia at Baylor. Join us tonight. Bob Huggins Show from Kegler's begins at 6. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi of the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Thank you, Tony. Uh, as the Mountaineers, they're back in action Saturday at noon. You can tune into the game right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740. 11 AM pregame as they'll be at number 5 Texas and uh, it'll be another hard-fought game that they'll have to win if, or they'll have to get if they want to continue their ascent to maybe making it to the NCAA tournament because they're still kind of on the on the fence of the first four. They're on the good side of the fence, though, right now. Right now. But but if they were to get a win in number 5 Texas, I think that jumps them in the conversation of they've got to make the tournament if they continue oh, to yeah. win the rest of their games. I agree. This is but, the big week. But if, but you look down at the the rest of the games remaining, they have two games against unranked opponents, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, number five Texas Saturday, next Monday. That'll be tough. I guess they'll stay in Texas because it'll be at Texas, but still you've got two games two days apart. Usually it's Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah. Um, but it'll be at number 14 Baylor on Monday night. Then they'll not play again until Saturday, and they'll play at home against Texas Tech. Then – They'll play Monday again at home against Oklahoma State, and then they'll have the 25th, the 27th, 
They'll be at number nine, Kansas, and then they'll make the return trip to number 11, Iowa State, and then they'll finish out the season at home against Kansas State on March 4th. So they've got a lot of ranked teams left to play. That's the Big 12 for you, but if you can go and somehow knock off Texas, what a week this will be in this season to really, I feel like, almost solidify a spot unless the wheels fall off for WVU to get to March. If you can knock off who last night was the number one team in the conference and then go on the road and now knock off another number one team of the conference and number five in the country that that'd be great it's a tough challenge i honestly don't expect them to do so but it would be a lot of fun to talk about with you guys on monday if they did uh yeah i don't know how much fun i would have talking about it because i'm just not a fan i know you'd have more fun than me uh but that'll do it for this segment all right time i think That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you part by our Senior's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer, cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hackwell's Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsinis.com for more on the other side of this break. It's NBA trade deadline day, a huge trade going down last night. We'll talk about that and what else could come here in the next couple hours. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, back in two minutes. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces. Not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We have breaking news on the program today <laughs> from our intern, Gerald Wright. What's your breaking news? 
Share it with the class, Gerald. Yeah. He doesn't have to share if he doesn't feel comfortable. I'd rather keep it a surprise for now. I mean, we already teased it last week, so. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix as uh, trade deadline day is coming. Well, it is today. Uh, Do we know what time the NBA trade deadline is? Three o'clock? Three or four o'clock? Is it four o'clock? Three o'clock sounded right to me. Three o'clock. There you go. So there's about two more hours and 15 minutes left. Right here. I know what time the deadline. Two hours and sixteen minutes left in the trade deadline today for the NBA. Two huge trades go down last night. Uh, first, D'Angelo Russell uh, to the Lakers in exchange for Russell Westbrook, who moves again trade. in a three-team trade. But uh, Russell Westbrook gets moved again. He used to be a premier guy in the game, and now it seems like he's getting moved all the time. Yeah, and I thought I heard that he wants a buyout so he can go to the Clippers this morning. I don't know if that was accurate, but I was listening to the CBS Sports report, I think, about that trade. So it should be an interesting, uh, I guess, not end of events like we expected. Yeah. Yeah. I texted uh, you guys last night at 8.15. Uh, that was poor Adrian, per Adrian Wojnarowski that the Lakers finalizing a deal to land D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt. The Jazz will send Mike Connolly and picks to the Timberwolves, while Russell Westbrook and a per- lightly protected 2027 first-round pick head to the Jazz. Uh, that was just the first trade last night of big variety, and then we talked about on the show yesterday about Kevin Durant getting moved. He got moved. The Phoenix Suns acquire uh, Kevin Durant and TJ Warren for Michael McCall Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks. Mikel Bridges. Four first-round picks and a 2028 pick swap for KD and TJ Warren. So another huge deal uh, there. And we could maybe anticipate another deal coming down here in the next two hours. Yeah, Warren back to the Sun. So a couple of players there going back to their old teams. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell back to the Lakers and then T.J. Warren back to the Suns, which is a nice piece to get back with KD. Obviously, KD is the big piece involved there because you did give up quite a bit of depth, but a lot of those players that they gave up, they're hoping to get all of their production out of Kevin Durant, essentially. And I think they can uh, when KD's healthy. You know, you're who's solid defender you know can shoot some threes bridges is a good young piece i think the nets really did well here at the deadline considering like we said yesterday you know what are they really playing for in the east it didn't make sense to me to keep kevin Durant around because they weren't in a position where they could win the championship this year so they get a ton of draft picks for the future they get some good young players i think it's overall a good deadline considering what the nets we're now being forced to do with Kyrie Irving wanting to move on and KD wanting to move on after that. So uh, now the Suns all of a sudden become the favorites in the West if they're at full strength. I don't think there's much doubt about that with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant on the same team, and they still have enough depth uh, to surround those guys. They look like the favorites in the West, even though they haven't gotten off to the best to start and they are getting older, but it's really like a one- or two-year window for this team because of the fact that Chris Paul is aging, he's having a declining season, and Durant's aging. So, I mean, there's not a, a lot of room for them to have error, uh, but they still have DeAndre Aiden on that team. So, 
you know, overall, the Suns, I think, look like the team that should come out of the Western Conference and, and potentially win it all. I mean, the Bucks and the Celtics are still going to be a tough finals matchup if one of those two teams do make it, or even the 76ers if they were to get hot. But it does look like it's probably the Bucks or the Celtics in the East. I'm with Colin on that as I see him shaking his head. But the West is so wide open, and now the Suns have really separated themselves um, by acquiring Kevin Durant. The Lakers get back into the mix with D'Angelo Russell, but I don't know if it's going to be enough or not. I think it's definitely an upgrade over Westbrook at this point. Um, But I don't know if it's enough for them to really make a deep run. I think they could potentially be a playoff team, but that's about it. It's just crazy that I still feel like Brooklyn, after blowing it up, could still make the playoffs, which just takes out another contender in the East unless somebody gets hot but I, I don't really see anybody doing so uh y- you have to do it though if you're the Nets you already traded Kyrie even though I do feel like not fully for a championship I agree with Nick that KD could be enough to rely on for a decent year it has to be championship or bust right and if you realize you're not making a conference finals or a championship you got to blow it up and rebuild and now was the time to do so, so good job by them. Suns, if they're at full strength, they are a dangerous, dangerous team in the West, which has kind of struggled here and there. I mean, the Warriors still are a good team, but have not had the best regular season. Lakers, you never know. And the Mavs could be an interesting team now. I feel like, but I mean, they're already the, the songs, four right? seeds. So, I mean, how things currently align in the West, it's definitely a weird year, right? The Denver yeah, Nuggets yeah. are in first. I mean, they have Jokic, who is obviously an MVP candidate now every season. Memphis is that team that took a big step last year, I think a year earlier than people expected. Sacramento's in there, which is just weird to see the Kings as a three right now. But then the teams that you would kind of think would be toward the top, like the Suns and the Clippers. Uh, and the Warriors are all fighting for playoff spots right there because Phoenix is the five right now. LA is the six. We know with the play-in schedule, uh, the top ten essentially get a chance at the postseason. Um, but, you know, Golden State's the nine right now. So And the Lakers aren't even in the mix. They are the 13th team in the Western Conference. But they're not too far behind. So, it's definitely a weird year when you look at where the majority of the superstar players are playing and the fact that their teams aren't necessarily locked in for a playoff spot in the Western Conference at this point. But they're all teams that I think the Phoenix's moves at the deadline, they'll get hot and they'll make a run toward that probably three seed. It's going to be tough to catch the Nuggets, but you could even see them go on a run and catch the Nuggets. I mean, I think they become the favorites here in the Western Conference when it comes to what's going to help you win playoff games, which is shot creators and big shot makers. Denver has a good team in terms of they have pretty good chemistry and stuff like that, but they don't have a championship team, I feel like, if that makes sense. Because Jokic, he can win regular season games. He's a good player, but you can't. I don't think you can win a championship with just Jokic being the only all-star caliber player on your team. Yeah. Or at least big-time all-star. Jamal Murray's borderline, but yeah. It's a great point, and we're going to turn our attention to a team that uh, I believe is staying pat here because they haven't done anything, and there's about two hours left in the trade deadline. They did get a win last night, the Washington Wizards, which uh, will have their games back uh, pretty soon. I think we'll 
air their game Saturday night. We couldn't air there due to the satellite issue that we had with our, uh, they come on the same satellite as our news comes in, which is why our news has been a little wonky the last couple of weeks. But that, that issue is... Get- Capstan Wizards Saturday. Well, the Mountaineers play at noon, so it'll be tight. I got to figure out how we can do that. I think you could do all three. I have confidence. Yeah, I got to figure that out. Three thirty, so 3.15. It'll be close, but I'll figure it out. Uh, but uh, Nick, it seems like you wear their sweatshirt and they win. Uh, Porzingis iced it last night with this three uh, to make it one sixteen one oh one. Now nine second shot clock. Delon right looking to break down Hayward. Left elbow. Gets a left block. Left corner. Gill out front. Porzingis for three. It's there. Oh, it's there. That's it. Closing time. 116-101. Wizards. Porzingis with eight three pointers. Porzingis had eight three pointers on the night. As heard there, he matched his career high of those eight three pointers. He had a game high thirty six points. Bradley Beal returned to the lineup after missing two games. He had seventeen points. 10 assists for the double-double. They snapped a three-game losing streak with the 118-104 victory over the Hornets. They're now 25-29. The game was tied at 61 and a half, and uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis outscored the Hornets 18-15 to in the third quarter on his own as the Wizards pulled away there. Next up, the Wizards wrap up the homestand Saturday night against the Pacers, 7 p.m. Pre-game coverage will begin at 6.45 from the Wizards radio network with Dave Johnson those highlights, courtesy of Dave Johnson, the Wizards Radio Network, but a big win for them last night against a team they should have won. Yeah, I mean, it was a 15-win Charlotte Hornets team. And we mentioned that the Wizards don't appear to be active here at the deadline, so the question still for me is, well, what direction are they taking this team because they haven't produced on the court? Well, I think there is some talent on the Wizards roster. You know, Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, Christophs, Porzingis, they haven't been able to keep those guys healthy. Um, So I just don't – I don't know what direction they're looking to go on. They're not too far back of being, you know, a much higher seed, but they're not going to beat Boston or Milwaukee. So I just – I don't know what I really want them to do, but I also don't know what they should do. and They don't seem to really know what they want to do with the organization of the franchise, and that's why they have been – Mediocre since 1979, so I don't know what to <laughs> really expect from the Wizards moving forward. But, hey, win's a win. They have talent. They're kind of a fun team to watch, so I guess that's some positives. All right, well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. We'll be back after this two-minute break to wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. These days of dark. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you. 
at no risk. See dealer for details. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Hi, Crescia Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, believes he has some of the best real estate agents in the Eastern Panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is veteran-owned and managed. Please call us at 262-4222, modernrealtyresults.com. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Marriott Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304 263 4343 stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue. We begin to wrap this thing up for this Thursday, February 9th edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. We're produced on the TV 10 side by Gerald Wright, and uh, we'll be out at Martinsburg High School at the Doghouse today as three players are signing. Student athletes going to sign to play in college Ezra Bajant, Xavion Kendall, and Zion Grantham. Um, the not a very well kept secret. No, it's of the first kept secret of where Ezra Bajant will be signing this afternoon. Uh, he will follow in his brother's footsteps and go to Shepherd University. I what I believe, I believe that it's to no be way. true. Kept secret. Come on, I believe that to be true. Yes, because you said that. No, he's not. <laughs> what if he know. doesn't now? Well, if he doesn't, then it'll be well, breaking news. He, yeah. What if he goes to like the NFL? No, he news. can't. That's why I said the NFL, because I, I wanted to say something that wasn't a possibility at all. Okay. So I didn't get people but yeah, to... yeah, just means a even like, more Nick crowded quarterback room, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be a wild spring ball and into next season in the fall that hopefully we see a guy across the table of us uh, on that team. Team 94, Gerald, hint, hint, hint. Any announcement that you want to make if... Uh, we got time. I don't think it he looks can like necessarily do. say that he's coming back for yeah. Are we tampering? <laughs> well, he can't know. say Can he's coming back trouble? because he's got to talk with the coaching staff first. He's making his own decision over here. Anything to let say? Gerald work at his own pace. It's called a verbal not commitment. Not get him in That's trouble. Yeah, are you verbally committing yourself back to the program? Me and Coach McCook had a conversation. What? We had a conversation. You had a conversation? Well, on air, and. <laughs> if I want to talk to him. I'd oh, so I thought you had a conversation past the one you had on air. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll have interviews with Ezra Bajan and Xavion Kendall and Zion Grantham tomorrow. Maybe one more guy going to Shepard. We don't know where Zion or Xavion are going to yet. Uh, we'll figure that out this afternoon, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Tonight on the radio side from 6 to 8, you can hear the 
Bob Huggins show as he catches up about these big wins that the Mountaineers have been having. He'll catch up with Tony Caridi uh, from Kegler Sports Bar in Morgantown. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix for Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini. I'm Spencer Puy saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey.